You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Now, recently I had a conversation with one of my buddies. He's kind of a, a truck nut, a car nut, and he told me that Interstate Batteries makes, from a technical standpoint, some of the best car batteries on the market period hands down not only that but they have thousands of retail locations all over the united states so stop in to a local retail store ask the guy who works there about their car batteries and hell you might as well put one in if they're the best in the business so interstatebatteries.com is their website go there find out more information about the culture of the company the batteries that these guys carry or just stop into a, a local retail store interstate batteries outrageously dependable Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hunting Gear podcast. I'm your host Dan Johnson and we have one hell of a show for you guys today. Today we're going to be talking with a gentleman named Brandon McDonald. And why is he on the show? Because I was scrolling through YouTube, found a video about a bow review, three-part series, and I watched it. And at the end of it, I felt it was the most comprehensive, best put together bow review that I have ever seen. And it wasn't with every bow in the hunting industry, but here's what I'll tell you. It was awesome. I walked away knowing more about archery. I walked away knowing more about those specific bows. And I wanted to get him on the phone today to talk about not only why he decided to do this, but what he feels other people should do when they go out to test bows and find their best fit for, you know, not just, hey, I shoot this brand, you should shoot this brand. It goes deeper than that, right? We need to be focusing on what feels good for us, not what one of our buddies thinks. So Brandon and I kind of shoot the shit for a little bit and talk about the whole process of this bow review. And at the end of the day, I really think that you guys need to go check out that video on his YouTube channel. And we, we talk about where you can find that as well. So awesome episode, 100% about reviewing bows. I think you guys are going to like it. So we're just going to get right into it in three, two, one. All right. On the phone with me today, Mr. Brandon McDonald. Brandon, how you doing, man? I am very well, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I'll tell you what, um, the reason that you're on the Hunting Gear podcast today is because I was doing my usual X number of minutes a day YouTube consumption, you know, whether it's gear, whether it's hunts, whether it's, you know, 
I don't know, people slipping on the ice and then get, I'm, me getting a good <laughs> chuckle, right? Um, and I ran across your, your video of a very, very well done bow comparison. And that's why I wanted to get you on. I wanted to talk about this bow comparison and, and pick your brain a little bit about not only those particular bows, but what people may miss or need to think about when they're selecting archery equipment that is right for them. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we jump into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, why don't you just share with us where you're from and what do you do for a living? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Brandon McDonald. I live in Nashville, Tennessee now, and I've lived here since 99, originally from Denver, Colorado. And kind of the way I got into the archery world, I decided that um, I wanted to start filming my hunts. Like I wanted to have more than just, you know, a, a, a trophy head on the wall and some pictures. So I realized that in order to do that, I was going to have to learn about, you know, more about hunting and then also more about kind of camera equipment. And I figured that pushing myself and starting a YouTube channel, doing some gear reviews would, would, uh, would help me learn about, you know, cameras and lenses and mics and lighting and and all that that kind of stuff so essentially kind of using that as practice for them when i'm actually going out in the field hunting and i also thought that there was a space in the market for me to um you know i'm, I'm just a guy i don't have any sponsors i don't I'm, I'm not paid to to put any information out there so i figured that there was a a good space for me to come in and say I'm just a guy and here's my opinion, but then try to make good quality videos that are, that are, that are entertaining to watch that people are, uh, you know, that, that aren't too long that people kind of enjoy, you know, I'm not just a dude standing in my basement with a, you know, with a, with a lamp in my face, uh, you know, trying to put a little bit more production value into it. And, uh, and the bow review that we're going to talk about was one of my big, like I knew that that was going to be kind of the big video for the year because I was going to put a lot of, put a lot of time into it, put a lot of effort into it. And then obviously put a lot of money into it because I went out and I bought five of, you know, five major manufacturers, flagship bows for the year so that I could really dig in and kind of test each and every one, one of them living with them for, you know, six months basically is what I ended up with. That's awesome because I assumed that you would have reached out to those bow manufacturers and got those bows for free. But did you go out and pay full price, or did you get any discounts on, on the equipment? Literally went to local. I wanted to do it like the, like the everyday man does it. Gotcha. Because I, because, I, because I am. Now, that may change. Like next year, I'm assuming that I'll probably be able to reach out to some of the manufacturers, except maybe Bowtech. And probably say, hey, can you send me? Can you send me something? And then obviously I'll, you know, I'll send it back when I'm done, and we'll and we'll see. But I wanted to. I literally went to. I have three kind of local shops. Went into those local shops, paid retail, had them set up in the shop, and then you know took them home and then made tweaks, you know, on on my press and 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 all my vice and all that kind of stuff. But but yeah, I tried to do it kind of the traditional way. You know, go to the shop, shoot it a few times in the back, and then take it home. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's what I, that's what I tried to do. So you come off to me as a gear a gear nut kind of guy. Did this start when you started your YouTube channel, or have you always been a tinkerer, a always been a, a gear guy? 
So I think I've always been a gear guy. Um, and, and any hobby that I've ever gotten into, like I'm, I'm one of those people that I feel like it, I feel like archery and hunting is something that really, uh, really took hold of me really strong in my early thirties. Like I kind of bounced around and I did a lot of different things all through my twenties. I, I graduated college with a music business degree and I played uh, music professionally for three years after school. And then, got into real estate and uh, I design houses. Oh yeah, sorry, you asked me what I do for a living. I'm, I, I own a real estate investment company with, uh, with two partners and we basically buy land, design houses, build the houses and sell them to people. Okay. So that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the, you know, what pays the bills. So for me, the creativity of like designing houses that comes over into into making videos and the and the direct correlation from me making music back in the day and going into uh, you know pro tools and logic comes directly over into video editing in premiere like those those the same those same um so so from a gear standpoint it's something that i've i've been kind of into my entire life where where when i when i get into something i really want to understand and learn every aspect of it get as deep as i can and truthfully with archery i didn't realize the rabbit holes that you could go down, you know, like I'm, I'm doing arrows right now. I'm, I, and I just got done doing stabilizers and I'm, every single thing I dig into, I'm like, Holy crap, how deep does this go? Like, I cannot believe like, yeah, the stabilizer moments of inertia and physics and engineering. And I'm calling all these people that are, you know, using all these crazy math terms. And I'm just like, this is, this is insane. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm in that stage of education right now because one thing about the Hunting Gear podcast is when you get the opportunity to talk, to, you know, most of the time someone talks to a marketing guy or a, yeah. a salesperson, right? But the average Joe never gets the opportunity to talk to the engineer or the cat, the guy who did the CAD designs or, you know, the guy who does the research and development or the testing on whatever piece of equipment it is that we discuss. So that opens up a completely new thought process when it comes to what kind of gear a person should buy. And quite frankly, one one thing that I've learned is that if that so-called person can't answer a question it really kind of turns me off about whatever brand or whatever product I'm discussing and, and makes me look elsewhere. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I get it. I get it. The, 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 the dynamic between like the engineers that are designing a product, like I've listened to a couple of the podcasts about Sitka and listening to the guy who kind of came up with the pattern and then, and, and in one of the podcasts I think he was doing with Dudley, he mentioned that Sitka had still kind of changed the pattern because they wanted to, quote, make it more marketable. And I'm really curious what that original pattern and color, it, like the, the, the colors and everything coming out of him where he said this is pure science and then where marketing took it and said we can't sell pure science. Let's let's this is what these are the tweaks we need to do. Right. And how much that degraded the product. Yeah. I'd just be curious. Yeah. And at the same time, with Sitka's brand and brand recognition right now, if they reintroduced that, how would it take off? Knowing that how how Sitka performs today compared to, you know, this this pure science 
like you said, uh, camel pattern. Yeah. I would love, I would love to see that. That's very interesting. Yeah, that'd be fascinating. And 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 the truth is, I don't. If 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 they were like it's bright pink and it's got bunny ears and it's and it's absolutely scientifically proven to be the best thing for deer, I'd be a freaking pink bunny in the woods. Let's do it. <laughs> right. So, right. But 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 you may be right because I'm a Sitka guy. Like that's that's my primary outdoor gear. You know, is 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 Sitka stuff. So that's why I brought them up. I don't want people to think that I'm that I'm dogging on them. I just think that I, I, there's definitely. I'm excited for what for where you're going, especially talking to the engineers, because I think it's going to be I think it's going to really uh, kind of lift a veil that that a lot of people don't get to kind of see, you know, they don't get to see behind that curtain a lot. So that that's going to be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have guys like you who are basically just fans of archery equipment or or, or bow hunting yep. or, or whatever gear. And then you yep. dive into it as well to see if everything that they're saying translate into the final product that, that you ended up buying. Right. So, yep. so let's, let's just kind of start this off at the very beginning. I want to know sure. what was your, what were you doing when you said to yourself, I want to do the most badass bow review that's ever been on YouTube. So it didn't start with that statement here's what it started with it started with me going i want to buy a new bow this year how do i figure out the best bow for me because because what i realized was you show up to the shop and you go stand in a room that's 10 feet long and you're shooting at a target that's like on the floor and you're shooting with a draw length that might be kind of close or you know if you're lucky and they have this the the mods that can uh, you know, the adjustable mod, they can get it exactly set up for you, but maybe the poundage is a little bit, you know, higher or lower than you want it to be. I know that a lot of shops will, you know, dial a bow back down to 65 pounds. So it feels a lot smoother. It shoots a little bit, you know, it, it, it draws a lot, a lot easier. Maybe the cam timing's out. Like there's just all of those little factors that I was like, you know what? I want to live with more of these bows. And, and so that's where it, that's where it came up. That's, and so what I did was there are four shops that are kind of close to me that I said, okay, I'm going to go research the, the bows that these guys carry and, and I'm going to go shoot them. I'm just going to kind of go around. I'm going to shoot them in the shop and then I'm going to just my initial impressions, then I'm going to pick. And I, I think five was kind of an arbitrary number or maybe it was the, the amount of dollars that I told my wife we were going to have to spend in order <laughs> to do this. And she was like, that's the max. <laughs> So she was really cool through the whole process. And, and it's because of what I did with the bows that we didn't end up picking that she was totally great with, you know, with, uh, you know, with, with doing the reviews. So the, the, the local shops that I went to carried all the manufacturers that were in the review, which were Bowtech, Hoyt, Elite, Prime, and Matthews. And then there was a, another dealer that carried PSE, but I didn't like my interaction with that dealer with PSE and I've put a video out about it and I'm not, you know, like that, that, that video has got more views than almost any of my other ones. Not bad talking PSE cause I ended up going shooting one of the Evos and it's a badass bow. Um, so wait a second. I didn't what, want, what was the, and you know, if you don't feel comfortable getting into it, no, no yeah, we can go ahead. What, yeah. what was the reason why PSE wasn't in that? I mean, it was so, a strictly a personal 
relationship or so, a meeting? Yeah. So here's here's I know that if I have to take my bow in for service or if I want to go get, you know, like, let's just again, let's say I'm the every man and I don't have a press and any of that stuff. I have to go into this to the to to a local distributor to get service on the bow for any warranty work, any just general maintenance. You know, I'll go in buy arrows. I'll go, you know, all those those kind of normal interactions that a normal person's going to have with a bow shop. When I went into the shop, um, I, I first of all, I've spent I bought four hundred and fifty dollars worth of arrows from these guys for the tack events last year. They know who I am, not because of YouTube. They know who I am because I go in there and I spend money. And uh, and and so I went in and I said, hey, I, I, I would love to shoot one of the Evos. And they said, oh, we don't have one, but we've got one of the, uh, I think it was the Carbon Stealth. And I said, oh, okay. Um, I mean, that was on the list too for me to try. Can I can I shoot it? And they were like, yeah, it's uh, it doesn't you know it doesn't have a D loop on it, so it's going to be thirty bucks for us to set it up for you to shoot it. And I was like this is weird i've never paid you know a setup fee for a bow to to, to go test and out shoot it before and and but i did i said all right let's do it and I, I paid him 30 bucks went and shot the bow it was a 60 pound uh version so obviously it feels nothing like a you know a 70 or an 80 pound bow right so comparing them uh, you know standing there i was just like okay this gives me no indication i asked him if they had plans on getting any of the evos in uh, they were like, no, I don't, I don't think we're going to, they're not really a, uh, a hunting, a hunting shop. They're a lot more focused on target. And I know why they did this. It's because they're, they have a lot of kids that go in there and shoot. And I guarantee you that there are a lot of parents that come in there and waste a bunch of time and then go buy something off Amazon. And so they thought this is a way that we can kind of, that we can kind of stop that from happening. Right. But when I have three other choices, of places that I can go in that when I walk in there, they're super cool. They act like they care about my business. Why would I then choose this, you know, and it ended up just being the PSE dealer. Like, why would I do that? The, 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 the amount I liked the Evo was not enough. And, and honestly, I hadn't shot the Evo when I started out, but, but I mean, I just wasn't willing to work with that shop. Like yeah. when I have three other great versions, so that was a big that was a big factor for me. And when I was talking to Aaron on the Kafaru cast, he said the same thing. He was like, "That is something that people need to consider. Like, if you if you go into a shop and you're dealing with a bunch of assholes, go to a different shop, even if that means shooting a different manufacturer of bow." Yeah, you're a better man than me because the second that <laughs> they said the second that they said, "Well, it's going to be thirty bucks to put a D loop on it," I would have turned around and just walked straight out the door. I mean. I figured it. I figured it'd make a good story, and and obviously, obviously it did. And I cannot imagine at this point that PSE hasn't reached out to them and said, "Hey, what are you doing?" Because there's this there's this dude on the internet who's talking about you, and if you guys are charging for setups, let's stop doing that. Yeah. Again, I'm not. The, the shop's a good shop, and I get that. Like, I'm not. I'm not going to try to tell somebody how to run their small business. But again, when I have other options and other other uh, you know other stores that I can go to, I'm just going to go to one of those other shops. Yeah, I feel you, yeah. man. I feel you. So yep. so basically, I wonder. So the so we made that obviously. That's a, that's a that's we jumped down that that rabbit hole a little bit. So I went to the other the other shops that carried Botec, Prime, Elite, Hoyt, and uh, Botec, 
prime point elite Matthews. Matthews. Yep. And uh, and went and shot all the you know went and shot all the bows and then decided which one I want. Uh, the one that was kind of surprising, and I think I've got the second most comments on, was the Hoyt Axius. But when I shot that at the uh, at the shop, it vibrated like a tuning fork in my hands. Like I, I'm not joking. I set my cell phone down and timed how long I could actually feel sustained vibration through it, and it was almost two seconds. Wow. Now I don't know if they had it set up wrong. I didn't, and I should have taken it in, and I should have said, "Hey, can you guys go ahead and put this?" Uh, you know, put this on the drawboard and make sure that these cams just aren't crazy, crazy off. Um, I did, I did as I was drawing it back. I didn't notice anything bad, but there's no stabilizers on it. There's no, there's no, you know, there's no scope. And, and all those factors, I've spent a ton of time getting my stabilizer set up exactly how I want it. And that makes such a huge difference. And you can't tell that when you go into a shop, they're not going to let you you know, go open up a package of stabilizer and go put it on the bow and let you tweak and mess with it for four or five hours at the shop. They're just not going to do it. Yeah. So that was the first step was I picked the bows based on the shops that I like and shops that I was willing to go back to for work. Okay. So, so brands, and this is just me spitballing off the top here, brands like uh, Martin or Obsession or uh, whatever other Athens, it wasn't yep. it 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 was because you didn't pull those brands in because they weren't available at those archery shops where you lived around 100% okay. correct all right so it's not like you were snubbing any of these other brands it's just what was available to you correct okay. now i could have gone to bass pro and i could have bought bear as well um i i could have included them but i I'm happy with the decisions that I made. Yeah. Okay. So that, yeah. That, but that doesn't mean anything. I've never shot, I've, I've shot an obsession, but I've never shot a Martin or an Athens. And again, I've heard good things about, uh, about all of them, but yeah, the local shops here that I, that, it, that I've found and dealt with don't carry them. So that's, that's why I didn't include them. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now you have to, if you're going to do this right, you have to you have to lay down guidelines and rules and you know every every experiment has to have variables and it has to have standards right so where you, you know if you're going to tweak if you want to find out what part this part of the bow does you have to have everything else the same and then only focus on this right and then and then switch you yep. know like a, a a good scientific experiment right so right. how did yeah. how did you go about starting the process whether you wrote it down or kept it in your head of how you were going to fairly judge these bows against each other so at the very beginning when i decided to do it i released a real short like two minute video explaining that i was going to buy buy these five bows and asking what people were interested in you know as far as like what would you guys, if you were doing this, what are the things that you use to determine whether this is going to be your bow or not? And then I literally wrote that list down and then added, you know, they pretty much I got enough comments that it covered everything that I wanted to know as well. And then I went into Excel and I wrote categories down for everything, you know, anything that was quantifiable. And then I, and then I started now a, a lot of the things like, um, draw, you know, there, there is, I could have measured pound for pound at, at every inch as I'm drawing the bow back, you know, and written that down so that I got like a perfect indication of the actual, of the actual draw curve. But I'm not, I'm not that guy. 
yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more creative than I am an engineer. And so, so that level of detail was not, wasn't going to go that deep. Okay. Um, so what I did was I literally set all five of the bows up, I would draw them. And then I literally drew it out with, with how they felt to me. But then certain of the certain, uh, you know, like how does the back wall feel? That's another one that, that that's not necessarily like a, a quantifiable. I think we could all probably agree. Um, if you've shot a bunch of bows and we went and picked up these five bows, you would say the prime back wall is much, much, uh, firmer than the Hoyt back wall. And I think we would all agree, but to what degree maybe, maybe in question. Yeah. Um, so, so I literally would just, you know, like when it came to the back wall, I had all five of them next to each other and I was going as quickly as I could between them so that my brain was retaining the information of, okay, the Hoyt, that back wall is pretty squishy on that thing compared to, you know, the Bowtech, which had a surprisingly strong back wall for the way it's constructed. Okay. Um, you know, so, so, but then there was other ones that were much more scientific, like on actual, when I went in, I shot it, uh, I compared all of them at 50, 60, 70, 80, and a hundred yards. And I measured the three arrow groups, you know, down to the half inch and then added up all those scores. Uh, and then, you know, came up kind of like you would with kind of like you would with golf came up with, you know, whoever had the, the lowest score was the best, you know, at, at that part of it. So there was, there was, that was obviously much more, much more science, right? except you're still including me. I didn't use a hooter shooter and there's days when I'm a better shot and days when I'm a worse shot. But, you know, I tried to disclude those days. If I was doing really bad one day, I wasn't, you know, I was just like, all right, well, we'll just shoot. And then maybe tomorrow I'll feel better and we'll, we'll go for score then. Got you. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so as you start to get into the process of breaking these bows down um and looking into the details and the specs just just to clarify were you were you using the same rest the same sight and the same uh arrow setup on all of them so i was willing to tweak the arrow setup slightly uh if if i needed it like if i felt like a bow was going to do better with more point weight or less point weight so that was one of the experiments that I, I think took the most time on the, on the front end was making sure that the bows were set up the way I wanted them and the arrows were impacting the way I wanted them. Because obviously a, uh, you know, a, a bow that has a more aggressive cam is going to, is, is going to, you know, like the arrows are just, they're going to fly different. I, I feel like at the end um, there were, I ended up finding one arrow that was working well for all of them. So it was a, I was using a, a victory VAP uh, 300 spine. I think I had a 50 grain uh, outsert in the front and then 125 grains of point weight. And then a four fletched AAE max stealth veins. That was, that was something that I think that I think worked good for all the bows. And I measured all of them their draw weights were within, I think they were within a pound. I'd have to, I'd have to go look back, but I think they were all within a pound where I settled. So, uh, I was trying to equalize and yes, I used the same scope when we were actually scoring. Um, I was using the same scope. I had, I bought a bunch of QAD rests that I was, uh, that I was putting on all of them. I did use a trophy taker, uh, SmackDown for, some of the shooting but when we were actually scoring it was all it was all with the uh it was all with the qad rests okay all right so there is your you know 
there's the, the scientific part of it, right? You got your standards, which are the rest, the arrow, and the sight for the most part. Yep. And then, and then the bow itself is the variable, okay? So where, right off the bat, you cut two of those bows, right? Or was it two or three of them right yeah. off the bat? It was two. Yeah, two. so I cut the Bowtech Revolt X and the Hoyt RX4. Uh, you know, in that first video that I released, I cut those in the first in the first minute of the video. Not, you know, for, just for the video being interesting, I, I thought that that would be a good little take. But the it, it, the Bowtech and I never, we just never, I just didn't gel with it. It was something about the grip. I actually really like the way the grip feels, but the bow just would kick out to the left. And I literally, I shot the Bowtech probably five times more than I shot any of the other bows during the review process because I could not stand that I could not get the bow feeling the way I wanted to. I tried 15 different stabilizer setups. I went crazy too. Like I, I, I was taking stuff way off kilter with stabilizers. I was doing everything that I could and I just never got the bow to feel the way I wanted it to feel. So the bow tech was, um, yeah, the bow tech was out pretty quick for me. Uh, and then the Hoyt, the RX4, and and maybe it wasn't quite fair. Maybe it should have been the Axios, um, you know, in the mix because obviously you're putting a, a an eighteen hundred dollar carbon riser bow in with a bunch of aluminum bows. But I I threw the the Hoyt out rather quickly too because I just didn't feel like for the money compared to the other bows that it was worth it. Yeah. Like I I, I mean, to me it was it was a it's a good bow. I would definitely shoot it, but. It wasn't. It wasn't any better. And honestly, I like I like the Matthews and the Prime more than the than the Hoyt. So to me, the increase the uh, the increased dollars weren't worth it. And I had to add a bunch more stabilizer weight down low to uh, to get it to sit the way I wanted it to sit because it's you know I think it's six ounces lighter maybe maybe a pound lighter. I think it's three point six ounces three point six pounds. I, I don't have my my numbers in front of, in front of me. But I basically the, the the ounces that I added in stabilizer weight kind of negated it a little bit, um, and then you know just the grip I didn't prefer on it. So that, so it was that was another one that for me was relatively easy to get rid of, and I didn't really like the the, the softer back wall. I'm not really a huge fan of. I kind of like something a little more middle of the road. Yeah, I'll tell you, every ATA show. I try to shoot as many bows as possible. I, I go to the flagships. I go to the big brands. This past this past year, I decided I wanted to kind of stay away from. I tried to stay away from the popular bigger brands and shoot some of the what I would call second tier companies. But I ended up yep. shooting. I ended up shooting a lot of them. And I'll tell you what. In the past, um, I had I had a couple Bowtex and I absolutely loved them. But then something happened. I don't know when, I don't know where and why, but that those bows just didn't feel right to me anymore. I've never been a huge fan of Hoyts because I felt like the Hoyts had a ton of hand shock in them. A lot, of, you know, like you said, yeah. the, the vibration. Um, and yeah, sure. I wasn't wasn't a fan of, the, of their draw cycles. Um, so I personally... When when you said when you cut those two right out of the the gate, I was like, you know what? These uh, I I agree with this guy. I I I know I know where this guy's coming from. Yeah, yeah. And I think with the Bowtech, I was getting feedback from people that liked the Bowtech that were shorter draws, twenty eight inch, 
uh, and under guys seem to seem to like the Bowtech. Yeah. Um, and and like when I switched it over, and I actually I I I took it down to 28 inch and took it to 29, and they and it was certainly that the last three inches of the draw on the Bowtech were really where it just felt like a disaster. And if you switched it over into performance mode and, and I think I was doing 30 and a half draw 30 and a half was where I was testing everything out at performance mode at 30 and a half. It just felt awful. Yeah. Like just that, that last three inches of the draw was like this grinding, you know, huge drop off. And yeah, it was, it was bad. Yeah. So, but it's like I said, the guys that are shorter drawing seem to, you know, seem to like them. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so yeah. you take those two out. What's left? So the Elite and then the Matthews and the Prime. So the the Prime was the Black 3, the VXR 31.5, and, and then the Elite Cure. Yep, I shot all those as well at the, uh, at the ATA show as well. Um, I will put, and I'll just kind of express my opinion. I was really surprised. Uh, with Elite's bow this year. I felt they put out a really good uh, bow. It felt really good, dead in the hand. Um, Prime's bow, I liked last year's Logic. Um, what did I have? The CT3. And then the year before that, I, I had the Logic with the shorter axle-to-axle. And this year, I didn't. Yeah. I still like Prime a lot, but I didn't like this year's model as much as I did the previous two models. Uh, flagship bows got it and then i'll tell you i'll tell you this i i'll be honest i have never ever been a fan of matthew's bows never and (laughs) i i don't like their draw cycle i i never liked their draw cycle um everything else was you know it's like if you don't if your bow doesn't feel right in the draw cycle it's almost like what's the point of going forward with it right and that's that's the way I looked at it, and I've never been a fan of their draw cycle. And this year, that's so interesting because they're so it's such a flat, like to me, it's such a vanilla draw cycle. Like yeah. it's so flat, and that drop into the back wall is so short. Like to, that's so funny to me that 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 I don't know. It, yeah, it's like somebody's like they're like having a strong opinion on not liking clear. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't know why it just. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and and I'm sure you got feedback from every single bow about every single bow. It's like, well, how can you do this because of this? And I like this. And what what we have to talk about is personal preference. Right. I mean, yeah, this was very comprehensive and awesome. But at the end of the day, right, it's your opinions. And there's the the guy who is in love with Hoyt and in love with Bowtech is be like, well, what's he talking about? This bow's this bow's awesome. You know what I mean? So so. I, yep. This year, I I really liked the bow that Matthews put out, but um, I am a fan of the hard back walls. The for yeah. me, just the dump right into it. That lets me know I'm done. I'm gonna hold it right there. Right. I, I'm not a spongy back yep. wall guy. I like to know that I'm at the end of it, um, and that way I don't need to stop pulling. You know, I can stop pulling and just chill. Yep. But that, you know, that's, that's my personal preference, but I will say that in, at the ATA show this year, um, those are, were my top three as well. Prime elite and Matthews with an asterisk next to gearhead. Have you ever shot a gearhead? No, dude, 
I don't even know if I've ever heard Gearhead. Dude, it's it's though it's that double riser bow where Oh no, I okay, okay, yeah, I have I have seen what you're talking yeah, about. It, really? Yeah. I'm telling you, man, they're they are they got something going on with that bow. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm gonna have to give that a look then if you if you uh if you're recommending it that yeah, highly. Absolutely. I want I'm gonna try to go to ATA this year because I I'm yeah, I'm gonna try I need to try to start getting everything kind of in line i definitely want to go so that i can kind of shoot stuff you know on the front end too yeah absolutely all right so yeah those those were the the three did going into the final three did you already have an idea i mean was it was it a a night and day difference like dude i already know i'm gonna like this bow better than the other ones or was it really close so I knew right from the start, as soon as I started shooting everything, that it was going to be a hard choice between the Prime and the Matthews. Yeah. Like I, I just there was some there was some the the grip on the Prime for me and the way I hold the bow, it was like they freaking custom made that grip perfect for the way I hold my bow. And so I, ugh, I'm still sad every time I pick up the Matthews because the Matthews, honestly, the grip I think was my fourth favorite uh, out of any of the bows. So, so I miss that grip on the prime every day. Yeah. Um, so I knew that it was going to be between the VXR and the prime. The elite is a the value for the elite because I think it was a nine ninety nine, and it comes with like the winner's choice strings. And I know that winner's choice there's been some like, I think there's been some quality question like some questionable quality stuff that's come up in the past. But I had winner's choice on the elite, and I swapped the zebras out on the Matthews for winner's choice. And I haven't had issues with either of them. Okay. So I'm I'm I'll say I'll say as of right now that either the quality issues have been addressed or I've got I'm happy with I'm happy with my setup and yeah the adjustability on the elite um, with their with the with you know how you can tune it from the actual limb pockets where you're kind of where you're kind of creating cam lean from the limb pockets I thought that was pretty a pretty cool innovation. Um, so I think that like if. If somebody only had an elite dealer nearby, you should definitely buy an elite. It's a cool, it's a it's a cool bow, and I think that the value that you get out of that bow is great. Yeah, and um, the reason they have, I don't, I don't, I'm sure you know this, but the reason that they have winner's choice, and I'm pretty sure, I'm almost ninety percent sure, the reason they have winner's choice on elite bows is because the outdoor group owns both elite and winner's choice strings. So yeah, it's I, a marriage. Think, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 And, and one of the, yeah. So, so basically I knew that it was going to come down to, I, I liked the elite, but I didn't, the grip, I didn't like as much. And because the cure is a 30 inch draw, when I had it set to the 80% let off, it was just a hair shorter than I wanted it to be. Um, so, and obviously I could have just extended the D loop, but it, it's, uh, yeah, it, that was just a hair shorter than I wanted. So I think that kind of the, that combination of factors for the elite kind of put it out. But I like the way I like the way it shot. Okay. Um, what it really came down to for me was the hold, and then and then the actual accuracy. There's something magic about the VXR because I had the Traverse from last year, and I like the I like the draw cycle. Um, I like the you know it's it's pretty neutral and then i i you know when you're dumping off into the back wall it's not this you know big dramatic thing the back wall has a little bit of give to it so it's like i said i kind of like that that middle of the road so when i start pulling i feel like i'm I'm pulling into something whereas the prime i literally as soon as you start pulling it just felt like i was 
my elbow was touching a you know a concrete wall behind me. Yeah. So I don't. If you like a stiff draw, like or if you like a stiff back wall, then 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 the prime is definitely the way you should go. Yeah. Uh, and I like the adjustability of the prime too. Like that's one of the things that I think Matthews is behind the ball on. You know, everybody this year it seemed like is going with. Uh, mods that you can kind of tweak and change or you know the adjustability of bows is getting um, you know more and more versatile for the end buyer to be able to mess with and not necessarily have to take it to the shop and Matthews I think is is uh, th- there's there's one of two schools of thought either they're thinking no no we're building tanks that we don't want to come apart and we don't want civilians working on them or two uh, yeah, we probably need to get some adjustable mods on here so people can start messing with their, you know, messing with their draw links a little bit easier. Yeah. We'll so you don't need to go into a huge detail because when it's all said and done, I want to point people to your video because I think everybody will get a lot of education and benefit from watching the, the video. But real quick, what came down to you at the end picking the winner? It was 100% the hold of the bow, which then lent itself to accuracy. So the VXR, I was more accurate with than the other bows. And on days where I feel like I'm kind of in that flow state, like when I'm in the zone, I feel like with a normal, you know, hunting stabilizer set up, a 12-inch front bar and an a, and a 8 or a 10-inch back bar, I can stand at 80 yards and draw and that pin just stays on target. It yeah. just holds in there and I'm shooting softballs at 80 yards. And, you know, it's, and that was, that was what it was for me. I thought that the prime, I thought I was going to get there with the prime. And maybe if I would have spent more time on stabilizers, uh, stabilizer stuff with that, it, I, I spent plenty of time with it. It just, maybe if I would have spent more, I could have got it there, but I just, didn't feel like the hold for me was quite as good with the prime and and i think that my accuracy just slightly suffered with that so when you say hold you mean at full draw at full draw okay when when i'm when i'm actually holding the bow the 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 vxr for some reason just feels rock steady for a little short 31 and a half inch axle bow it's like i said i just feel like there's some sort of magic in there yeah it just it just holds like a like a demon okay cool so you ultimately uh picked the matthews now how many days did this take uh well six months it took it took six (laughs) months to to complete the video and do the whole thing yeah okay yeah for me to go through everything and and that's not me uh that's not me you know like that's not like my singular focus every single day but i mean i think every single day i was i was thinking about certain things and tweaking certain things and i'd come down here and neglect work and and uh you know, be messing with the different bows. But I mean, it, it took me six months to do it the way I ended up, I ended up wanting to do it. Do I think that, do I think that you need to go through this process to buy a bow? No, I don't, I don't think you did. I don't think you do. And I don't know that I'll ever do it again just because of the amount of like just mental, uh, mental bandwidth that it took for me to focus on this for this long. Um, but it was, I learned a ton. I learned a ton about myself and the way I shoot and a ton about all the bows this year. So I'm super, super happy that I did it. But yeah, I took, I mean, it was long, long way to answer. It took about six months for me to do it. Okay. So with all that said, right, you took a deep dive into 
archery and compound bows and, and reviewing that equipment. What advice would you give to the average Joe who is, whether they're brand new to archery or whether they're seasoned, what advice would you give to someone looking for their next bow on how to com- properly compare, how to, um, you know, look into the details a little bit more, how to pick, ultimately, how to pick their next bow? So if you were new and you're buying your first bow, any of the bows in this category are that, that I picked, you're, you're going to be great. Like you're never going to, you're never going to start shooting and then immediately be like, Oh, I would have liked the Matthews more than the prime. Like you're just not going to know they're, they're, that, they're that close together. So, so go to your local shop and pick based on the style you like, the color you like the, you know, that like that legitimately they're they're The bows are so good and so close together if you've never shot before, maybe it's about budget. Go buy the Elite because it was the cheapest one and shoot the crap out of that thing and be ready to, you know, in the next year, two, three, four, five, then you're, you're going to have that kind of, those kind of grooves set in your mind where you think a bow should feel this way. And then when you go in and you try another one, you go, oh, that feels different. And I, and I know that because now I've, I've spent all this time shooting this one bow so if you're new, I, I would say base it on like shop proximity, like shop proximity, and uh, and then it, what where it becomes more nuanced is if you are if you've been shooting for a while and you're looking for your second bow, bring your release, like bring the release that you've been using. Don't use the shop release. Bring your arrows because I don't know how many times I've gone in and been, and having that, you know, you're having to try a bow that's 70 pounds with a 400 spine arrow that I'm worried is going to break or it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's loud as crap. I just, I don't know. I, I, so bring your own release, bring your arrows. If you've got stabilizers and you've got kind of a general way that you like set setting them up, bring them in and see if the shop will let you put them on there. When you get, when you, when you're going to go call them and make sure that they've got a bow that can be set up at the poundage and the draw length that you want. And that is super important. If you're a 30 inch draw and you go in and you're shooting a 28 inch draw, that bow is going to feel completely different and you're going to have zero actual idea if you like it or not. Yeah, absolutely. Like it literally is a, it, it's a completely different thing. So make sure that they've got the time to get you set up. Um, and then, and then I would say, take as much time as you can. Uh, this is what I would. This is what I would do. Like I, I was thinking about when I went down to Archery Den in Franklin. I their targets are kind of low and on the ground, and so there was a, one of the times I went in, got down on my knees because I wanted to be able to draw straight and then and then shoot. And I literally closed my eyes, drew the bow, closed my eyes, make sure that I wasn't going to miss the target. And then thought, how does this feel in my front hand? Yeah. How does, and then I'd shoot. And then I would think, how does this feel? How does the hold feel? And, and the next time I'm putting my mind in different places on my body with my eyes closed. And then, and then, you know, the last one was, how does this feel in the release? Like, how does this feel when I, when I set this release off, how does that feel? Yeah. And I took my time. So go in knowing that, you know, it may take you an hour and maybe you go shoot 30 40 50 arrows and just making sure that you have the time and that the shop has the time and can accommodate you to do it that would be 
that would be probably my recommendation. Yeah, that's great advice. That's something that I, I do. Whenever I go, and a lot of it is at the ATA show where I'm shooting all these different bows, but close my eyes when I shoot. And that way yep. you, you're shutting off one sensory, right? And you're right. you're there just for the feel of it. And uh, that's a, I, I recommend that as well. Now be careful, you know, <laughs> when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you obviously got to make sure that you know the arrow is going in the right direction. So yeah. it's aim and then close your eyes. And then, yeah, you know, they've got the big like six foot by six foot block targets down there at the end, you know, and they're, and they're 10 yards away. Yeah. So it's not, it's not a, yeah, it's not the, I, I think they're, I think they're shorter than, I think they're the four foot by four foot. That's why I was ended up, ended up getting on my knees for that one. All right. So, yeah, I, I think just being willing to be like, I'm going to do something that is a little embarrassing maybe in public where I'm going to stand in the shop and I'm going to shoot the bow for an hour. But like, you're going to buy that bow and live with it for a while. And don't be afraid if they carry multiple manufacturers, like put the Axios down and pick up the RX4 and then pick up the VXR and then pick up the Black 3 and like go back and forth between the bows. And again, think about, you know, how does the hold feel? How does the draw feel? How does the back wall feel? And, and if they're all set up the same, you should have a really good indication of, uh, you know, what the, what the future is going to be like with that bow. And then obviously once you get a scope on and stabilizers in your quiver, it's going to, you know, quiet down. The vibration is going to be a little bit less, but I think it gives you a real good, yeah, I think that gives you a good baseline into, uh, you know, into how to work into a new bow. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned uh, you learned something about yourself as an archer. What did this process teach you? I don't, it's going to be tough for me to quantify it just for this process. But I can I can talk about the process in general of this year and me digging into archery more. Um, there is a there's something deeply gratifying about seeing your scores get better, knowing that the time and effort that you're putting into something in in a in a very a very obvious way of at the beginning of the year, I'm shooting two eighty fives on a, on a, on a, a Vegas three spot. And now I'm shooting two ninety five plus, you know, like, so that, that journey is very gratifying. The, the daily meditation of going out. Cause it, it truly is. There's, there's something almost spiritual about this, about archery. When you go out and turn everything else off, and start to just draw that bow and you get into that flow state and then the release cracks off. And as soon as it goes, you know, that arrow is going exactly where you want it. The gratification is something that just like explodes in the, in the center of my body outward. And I know I sound like a, like a freaking giant hippie right now, but it's, but man, there's just something that is so satisfying about doing it correctly. And then when you don't do it correctly, there's something that you're laying in bed at night thinking, I need to get back out there. I want yeah. to get back out there with my bow because I didn't shoot well today and I want to go shoot well. Yeah. So I think that for me, the journey of, of, uh, of archery in general this year and the amount of time I've spent on it has been, um, you know, and especially with the, with, the, with the lockdowns and all that stuff, it's given me something to really center around and, and ground myself into. So. Yeah, it's been it's been deeply satisfying. I'll tell you what, man. One of my favorite things is you have a quiver full of arrows. You're back there at like forty or fifty yards, and you just pocket every one of them, right? And they're yeah. in a they're in like a half dollar group, 
and there's like that that feeling right there when that last arrow uh, out of the quiver lands right where it's supposed to land i just feel like I don't know. I don't know how you feel, but I feel like I'm the best archer. It's like move over, Morgan, because uh, uh, I, I, your days are numbered, right? <laughs> but, exactly. Exactly. So, so. yeah, it, it, for me, it's 95 percent great feeling and five percent me worried that I just broke an arrow and busted a right. knot. You hear those, you know, you hear the carbon and the fletching slapping together, and you're like, ah, ah crap. Yeah, that means more work. No, I, yeah, you're exactly right, and and I think that. The cool thing about archery is I can feel that way. If I'm shooting at 20 yards, I can, I can feel good about that. If I have a great night where I'm, where I'm blind bailing and I'm in my house and I'm three yards away and, but, but I'm really working on one specific thing, like engaging my, you know, engaging my rhomboid in my, in my, in my back arm. If I, if I'm, if I'm doing one specific task while I'm practicing and I feel like at the end of that practice, I've, I've done a good job kind of focusing on that. It, it, yeah, there's just something, the discipline that translates to the rest of life is, it's obvious. Like it's, 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 it's quantifiable. Yeah. My, my fitness has gotten better this year. My, I, I, I can't say my business has gotten better this year just because I think everything that's been going on is, uh, it, and maybe that's probably just an excuse, but I, I think that it, it is something that translates to the rest of life. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Well, uh, we mentioned this video. Uh, I want everybody who's listening to this to go check it out. Where can they watch it at? So if you go to youtube.com and then you just search Brandon McDonald, uh, I'm the guy who is not the giant black NFL player. Okay. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the, the archer. And if you search through my channel, you'll see I did, two, I did two reviews on the bow. There was kind of a part one and then a part two. And then the part three was me... Uh, giving away the other four bows. So one of the reasons my wife was on board was when I told her, I said, I want to take the four bows that we didn't choose and I want to give them to the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation so that they could, you know, use that to kind of further that, uh, you know, further that organization that she was totally on board. Perfect. So there's three videos. And again, Brandon McDonald's on, uh, on YouTube is the easiest way to find them. Well, sir, appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on and uh, sharing your story with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. I appreciate it.